All right, we're going to take you in some of the hot spots and the front line of our city here as we all go through this. And everything is completely not the way it was. Grocery store workers are frontline workers. And however tough it was in the emergency rooms of our hospitals, it's really, really tough now. We're going to get an update as these ERs deal with this influx of patients. Joining us is Adnan Chaudhry from Oakville Trafalgar Memorial Hospital, who is an ER doctor there. Welcome back. How are you? Good. How are you, Arlene? I am good. What does it look like? How are things changing? We're seeing the numbers go up and we're hearing the pressure is on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're in the early stages of something like this. Um, we are seeing some cases come through Oakville. Uh, that, that's where I work. I know other parts of the GTA have uh, higher volumes of cases, but we're basically preparing for a larger influx of COVID-19 patients and um, I guess the challenge that we have is we still have other people coming in sick with usual things, heart attacks, strokes, appendicitis, et cetera, et cetera, that we still deal with. Yeah, and it's very, very tough, isn't it? Because, you know, I know somebody who was in for a heart problem, and now they're home, and you really got a sense that perhaps the people who don't absolutely have to be there, are they being relocated? Um, I, I do think there's some of that. Uh, my Part of my fear is that there are some people who would naturally otherwise come to the ER for a very valid emergent concern or might also not be coming out of fear for potentially contracting COVID-19. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about the numbers of fatality that will be directly linked to COVID-19, but uh, we haven't intentionally maybe talked about the indirect fatalities from COVID-19 for people who might not have timely access to healthcare either. So you think the people might be holding back here, and if they are, are those fears founded? Um, yes and no. Um, it, you know, part of, it's really difficult for me to say who should be coming and who should not be coming to the emergency room. I think that's going to be something that, um, People will have to figure out for themselves what their underlying uh, medical histories are. But I, I, I would encourage people that if they do think this is something that can be weighted or at least um, uh, they can discuss with their family physician the next day, they can do that as an, as an avenue or an alternative to just coming to the ER right away. So I do think that there is some more of that that we might be seeing, which I think is probably long overdue in our healthcare system anyways, uh, where people utilize their family physicians more. So they don't just rely on things at the last minute. So, you know, how is the testing going? How is that being worked into all this? Because you have somebody come, do they have it, do they don't? You might have two things going on at the same time. Somebody has a a cancer, a heart problem, and they need to be tested. Correct. I mean, um, you know, the testing that happens is coming from... Um, uh, a different platform like it's not really being a decision that's being made uh, by us per se like that's not where the mandate is coming from it's coming more from public health so we're still testing according to public health uh, guidelines knowing full and well that um, there's likely a large batch of the population that we're not testing who probably do had have, have COVID-19 but the reality of the situation is, is that them having it or not isn't going to necessarily cause fatality or mortality or increase mortality. It's the people who are really sick enough to come to the hospital or 
uh, certain vulnerable patient populations, so people in nursing homes, uh, group homes, uh, uh, people living on a native reserve, healthcare workers, people who are at a higher risk for developing a much more severe infection um, are being screened more so by public health. What about masks and gloves and all the things that we heard are a shortage? What are you seeing? You know, is there is there a fear or apprehension in your hospital? Uh, the fears are there for sure. Um, I don't think we're seeing it yet, but we are preparing for the inevitability that it may come to that. Um, so we are talking amongst ourselves about how to best deploy these resources in, a, in an efficient manner, both to keep ourselves and our patients safe. Um, you know, uh, as an emergency physician, I, um, I'm the one who tends to be going out of our house. So uh, when I'm at the hospital, I do my best to uh, keep my work clothes there and my, my home clothes separate um, so I don't bring anything back home. But when I go to the grocery store so, so that my wife or my child doesn't have to, um, I see people walking around with N95 respirators, and I, I wonder why um, the public has it, because we don't even wear N95 respirators most of the time in the emergency room, and we're coming into contact with sick patients quite a bit more than the average person. Jeez, that's got to that's gotta really test your manners, doesn't it? Uh, watching people with stuff that you so desperately need. Yeah, I mean, um, but it, it, I guess that would be the initial kind of gut reaction. But uh, the other part of me understands where it's coming from. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. driven by people's fears and anxieties. And um, I think part of it is uh, either misinformation or too much information. And we live in an information-driven world anyways, and people's anxieties tend to be on on high generally. Um, I think a, a situation like this really highlights to us how much more prevalent mental health is than we actually really talk about. Yeah, everything's kind of tying in together, isn't it? As we do yeah. this, old stories and things that we had concern about are all coming up. Nothing is completely new. I do want to ask you, you know, being an ER doctor, what are you thinking as you're seeing what's happening out of New York State? You've got a governor almost in tears, pleading. You've got World Health Organization wondering if the new epicenter is there. You're, you're seeing desperation in the Big Apple. How do you feel? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of emotions that one can feel at a time like this. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a relatively younger physician in my career, but uh, what I see when I think uh, when I see stuff like this is, you know, we've been through SARS, and granted, I was probably a little bit uh, younger to really acknowledge the the scope of the the situation. This is this is definitely much graver than than SARS is. So I can understand the reactions, but part of me wonders what it's going to actually take for us to have a society that is well-equipped to handle episodes like this, that will inevitably mm-hmm. happen. Um, we've been talking about this for a long time, that we're overdue for you know a serious illness like this to plague the world. And here we are, and I just feel like we're um, relatively unprepared for it as a collective uh, global unit. You know, and everything you just said, I I opened the show with a lot of the things that have been flying through my head today. And one of them is that, you know, we went through SARS and we had all those pandemic response and and now we've seen that we that we didn't have enough. Let's just be honest and not be in denial. We didn't have enough. And that's not just that's not the medical. That's not politicians. It's also everybody. Did we all care enough? And maybe we will after this. 
I, I think we will, um, but I think human nature is to forget. And uh, unfortunately, I think what will happen is that as you know, as and when we hopefully get through this as a society, um, we will kind of be hyper vigilant for a little while, and then the regular, um, the usual suspects, as it were, will creep back into uh, public conscious, and that's what we'll f- maybe focus more on: cancer, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, obesity. Like these will be the 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 big uh, pandemics, if you will, that still plague our society today. Um, so part of our collective resources will s- start shifting towards the clear and present immediate danger versus a possible future danger. And this just speaks to how overburdened our health systems are at a baseline, let alone throw a catastrophe on top of it. Thank you for joining us, Adnan, and thank you for everything you're doing and all your colleagues in the ERs in and around our city. We really appreciate it. Our heart goes out to you, and we hope you're holding up up there. Thanks, Arlene. Appreciate it. Stay safe. You too. Adnan Chowdhury is with Oakville Trafalgar Memorial Hospital. He's the ER doctor there, and cheers to him and everyone working in that area.